0: Uh, And I told Scott, I said, Scott, I think you have the the right and the responsibility actually to uh, be one who shares as a member of the congregation. So uh, the more I thought about it, Scott very graciously said yes. And the more I thought about that, the more I realized that you don't give Scott the microphone for five minutes. Uh, He's just too great of a teacher. Uh, And every time that I sit under his teaching, uh, I learn something new. Uh, I typically am convicted in my heart, and I am also typically encouraged in my faith. So I've, uh, I've given Scott the sermon time this morning, and he's going to come and share the word with us, and then I will lead us in communion. So Scott, thank you for being willing to, uh, to let me ask you to do this and responding yes. Okay. I don't know if that's you or me. <laughs> the wind has started, it sounds like. <laughs> As Tom said, my name is Scott Holley. I, I stand before you not really with any particular wisdom or any more insight into the whole process of uh, the future of Green Tree than anybody else. I'm simply a man who, who is excited about what this church has been, what this church is, and where this church is going. And I think that this is not going to be a traditional sermon. This isn't going to be, here's three points in an application. It's really just Tom asked me to talk from my heart about this church and about uh, the, the decision we've made to buy land and to build a building. And so I apologize to those who are visitors here today, because this is going to be almost an internal dialogue, except it's not that, because I'm going to do all the talking, but it's going to be more uh, just sharing some thoughts about this church and about who we are. So again, if you're a visitor, I think you'll hear something of the spirit of this church. I hope you will, but um, it's not, again, a traditional sermon. So let me open in prayer, and we'll jump into this. Father, we're grateful for Green Tree Community Church. We're grateful for the people you have brought here for the people who serve this church faithfully, staff members, obviously, the pastoral staff, but more than that, just the people who sit in these chairs every Sunday, people who care about this church, people who are committed to its ministry, people who volunteer, serve hours and hours and hours, who go out in this community in all kinds of ways to communicate the message of Jesus Christ, and we thank you for them, because that's what this church is about. It's about honoring you, serving you, making you known. We pray, Father, that You will help us continue to do that for many, many, many years. And we ask these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. If if you've been around Green Tree for very long, you've undoubtedly heard the mission statement. Tom talks about it fairly frequently. He quotes from it or parts from it pretty often. If you go to our website, it's there. You'll hear people mention it. It's on signage around the building sometimes. But for the record, I want to read it just so we all know what the mission statement is. This is it. To know Jesus Christ, to serve him in joyful obedience, and make him known by growing disciples, planting churches, and renewing communities. Now, when we talk about the mission statement, usually what we talk about are the last three phrases, the growing disciples, planting churches, renewing communities part, because that identifies our priorities. That tells us what we do. But the part of the mission statement that has always resonated most with me, the part that I get most excited about, is the part that talks about serving in joyful obedience, Because I think the word joyful sets a tone that I think is is true to the DNA of this church. If there's one thing that Tom Ricks does faithfully week after week after week, it's to talk about the grace of God and extending his mercy to us. And if we don't understand the enormity of grace, if we don't understand the enormity of what it is that God has done on our behalf, then that's really very sad. If we think Christianity is about grimly marching forward in obedience, with our eyes fixed rigidly on a target because we have to do it. We've missed the point. Christianity ought to be a march of joy. It ought to be a march of humility, a march of faithfulness, a march of love because of what God has done on our behalf. That's the life of a Christian. And I think that's what Tom has preached. I think that's the tone that he has tried to set, and I think that's what the mission statement is saying. Because of God's goodness to us and wh- by us, whether we're talking about us as a church body or whether us as individuals, we ought to live with gratitude, we ought to live with humility, we ought to live with love, we ought to live with joy. It's a privilege to be forgiven. We just sang a song that talked about drowning in the ocean of God's grace, and that's a great metaphor. His grace is so deep that we're forgiven. We're God's children. We stand before Him forgiven. And that's an unbelievable. That's an unbelievable gift given to us. If we don't understand that, we've missed the whole point of being a Christian. And so I hope that whatever we do as a church, whatever we do as, as individuals, as believers in Jesus Christ, that we bring that spirit to the table. So today, Tom's asked me to address the whole issue of the future of this church and the idea of buying property and moving. We've, we've worshipped in the Bulldog Cafe for many years. And this has been a wonderful place for us to worship. It has been a blessing to us, given to us, not given, we paid for it, but given to us (laughs) by the Kirkwood School District. And our relationship with the Kirkwood School District has been terrific. Our relationship with the administration and staff of the school has been terrific. And we are genuinely grateful for the opportunities that have been given to us in this place. But it's time, we think, and when I say we, I mean this congregation, And the leaders and the staff of this church think to move on. God has always been faithful to us. He's always carried us through our mistakes, our miscommunications, our lack of faith, our failure to do what he wants us to do. He has always been faithful to us. One of the early working mottos of this church when we were just getting started was, we may be idiots but we're God's idiots. I really like that motto because I think it says it all. We don't really know what we're doing. We never know what the future What the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen, but we do know that God has always been faithful to this church. That's where we find our comfort. We're not going to do everything right. We're not going to answer every question that people have about the future of this church. People have have a right to and do, in fact, have different opinions about what we should do. That's okay. That's the way it should be, because questions sharpen thinking, and we need to hear from everybody. But we're not going to make everybody happy. That just is never going to happen. But if I know Tom Ricks, and I do, and if I know the elders of this church, and I do, I know that they are going to move ahead prayerfully and carefully and thoughtfully, prudently, always seeking God's wisdom, always trying to do what God would have us do. Now, I've been an elder for a long time. I'm not currently serving on this session. And I've heard a lot of wisdom from the elders in this church. But the wisest thing I ever heard anybody say... The one statement that one of the elders made that has stuck with me more than any other was a statement that Tom Werner made about four years ago when he said that he felt it was the obligation of the first generation of leaders at Green Tree Community Church to address two priorities. The first priority was this, that it's important that we begin to prepare for the transition of leadership from the first generation of elders and deacons to the next generation. And that's begun. That's happening. There were six original elders at Green Tree Community Church. Of those six, only one is currently serving on this session, Tom Warner. The session is now sprinkled with a bunch of men who are older, in their 50s and 60s. It's also, but there are a number of men who are much younger, men in their 30s and 40s. That is as it should be. It's important that we hear from both the gray hairs and the younger guys, the ones who will be in positions of leadership for years to come. And that... that balance between those generations is really important. It's important that both have, part, have a voice in the conversation. That's all well and good. The second priority that Tom articulated was this. He said it's important that the first generation of Green Tree Community Church, and he wasn't just talking about the staff or the elders, he was talking about all of us, all of us, ensure that Green Tree will be a presence in this community for years to come that we won't just be a church that rises for a few years, flourishes, and then dies. That's bad stewardship. That's a church with a lack of vision. We need to take steps to make sure that we can sink roots deeply in this community and be the kind of church we've always prayed about being and hoped that we would be. As he talked about that, it became clear to me at least, and I think to a lot of us, that for that to happen, we were going to have to move out of the Bulldog Cafe we're gonna to have to move out of North Kirkwood Middle School and find our own building. How long can we ask Chris Kerr, Henry Boyer, Rick Stream, and a lot of other people to get up early and set up, set up for us to have church? How many years can we ask them to do that? How many years can we ask Fred Rolfing to pack up his drums and bring him to church and then take him home at the end of the week, at the end of the day? How often we ask our Sunday school teachers not just to plan lessons and to teach our kids and to attend meetings, but to get here early to set up and to stay here late to, to set the room back up for the teachers who will be in their classrooms on Monday morning. Green Tree has thrived through the volunteer spirit of many, 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 many people who've served faithfully over the years. That has been an enormous blessing. We need to continue that spirit of volunteerism. But there's a point, you, you, you reach a point where you say, how much can we continue to ask them to serve in that way? And can their time be spent, can their gifts be spent in other ways? It would be more conducive to growing the kingdom of God. We want to be a community church, but it's ironic that Green Tree Community Church, in a sense, vanishes every Sunday at 1230. Now, I know that's not true. I know that a church is not a building, and if we ever think it is, we really don't understand what a church is. A church is people. A church is people going out in the community. The church is in this community every day. We take it to our jobs, we take it to our neighborhoods, we take it to our homes, we take it to our schools, we take it to wherever we go. That's what the church really is. But nonetheless, if we want to be a community church and we don't have a visible presence in the community, that, that is somewhat ironic. When we met last spring in homes to talk about the vision for what we thought Green Tree should be, many of you attended those, those meetings, I'm sure. We heard a consistent message articulated by Green Tree member after Green Tree member, and that was that we wanted to have a church that would be a place of ministry seven days a week in this community, a place where we could have Bible studies before work, after work for those who have full-time jobs, during the day for stay-at-home moms and retirees, a place where we might have a daycare center, a Christian, Christ-centered daycare center where moms and dads could drop off their kids on the way to work and know they'd be well taken care of and loved and taught basic biblical principles. A place where health ministry would have a home. We don't know what that means. place for AA meetings, moms in touch, divorce recovery, food pantry. I mean, we don't know. We don't know how this building is going to be used. That's still being defined, and it will continue to be defined, and it will change over time, certainly. As, as new needs arise, new opportunities arise, new vision arises. But what really matters is that we never lose sight of the central core vision of Green Tree Community Church, and that is that we serve, we volunteer, and we minister in Christ's name. 100 South Kirkwood makes a lot of sense, to me at least. It means that, like Tom Warner challenged us to think, that we can be a gospel-centered, grace-preaching church and a presence in this community for years to come. Essentially, what we're saying is, to the future generations of Green Tree, and to this community, is we're going to take this step of faith now so you can have a home, a place of ministry, for years to come. If we're really going to change the world for Jesus Christ, if we're going to change this community for Jesus Christ, it it seems to me that we need to step up. This is what God is calling us to do. So what does it require of us? Well, it requires a spirit of joyful obedience. Let's never forget that. Obedience matters, too. Joy matters. Obedience matters. One of the beautiful things in church history, one of the beautiful elements of church history has been that for 2,000 years God has faithfully led people who don't really get it and don't really understand and are only partially obedient through all kinds of situations in which one thing has always been true. He's been faithful. And here we stand 2,000 years later, 2,000 years after the church began. Sitting in the Bulldog Cafe because of the obedience of people through thousands of years of church history. We are the heirs of their faithfulness. We are the heirs of their legacy. And it seems to me that it's time for us to participate in that process for the next generations. So what, do we, what does that mean for us? Well, some people are afraid that with his focus on a building, that Tom Rex is going to lose his focus, that he's going to be so engaged in raising money, so engaged in talking about architectural designs, that he will not have time for ministry. Well, you know what? The Bible talks about that. It talks about that in 1 Corinthians 12, and it talks about the body of Christ. The body of Christ requires that every part of the body participates. As it says in 1 Corinthians 12, the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you. The foot doesn't get to take a vacation when the hand is in action. That's not the way it works. If we're afraid that Tom is going to lose his focus, what's that really saying to us is that we need to say, okay, how can I help? How can I I fill the gap? How can I use my gifts, my talents, my energies to meet the minister needs of Green Tree Community Church? Now, again, one of the things I like best about this church is there's an extraordinarily high level of volunteerism among the members of this church. People do step up. But maybe, maybe, what's going to happen over the next several months and even years is that we're going to have to step up even more. We're going to have to do things we didn't know we could do. We're going to have to say, how can I help? What can I do? Where can I step in? Without wringing our hands in fear fear and frustration, but instead of to do what the church is called to do anyway, be the body of Christ. It's a great opportunity for us to learn about what God wants us to do and be. And to say it again. We need to do it with joy. Not begrudgingly, not unwillingly, but with joy. And it's time to ask another question. That question is, how much can I give? How much can I give so the money is raised and that Tom can go on to other things. He can do those things which he does best. This is a vital time in the history of Green Tree Community Church, not because we're talking about buildings, but because it's a chance for us to find out who we are. Find out how we can serve. Find out how much we trust. It gives us a chance as individuals and as a church to learn and grow and become more the people of God. And so I hope we see this this discussion of of a building. is not about a building. I mean, ultimately we will have that result. But it's more about God saying to us, okay, you've gone through a period of time, you've grown, and you've established a foundation. Now you can become more. I'm calling you to do more. I think that's very exciting. I think it's scary. But I think the only time we grow as a church, the only time we grow as individuals, is when we respond to God's call, and here come the words again, joyful obedience. So with that in mind, let me give you a status report of where we stand in terms of the money raised to this point. Our ultimate goal is $1.85 million by the end of this month. Now I want to be clear, that's not pledges, that is cash in hand. We need to go to the closing, the, the real estate closing, on, is it November 26th? November 26th with $1.85 million, cash in hand. Push our chips across the table and say, here you go. To, this, to date, we've raised about, just about, $1.2 million. That's our number, which is tremendous. Now, our annual budget is about $1.85 million. That means that in less than two months, people in this room and other members of this church have stepped forward and given about two-thirds of the annual budget. Forward this capital campaign. So thank you for your faithfulness in doing that, and thanks to God that he has placed this vision and this commitment on the part of so many people in this room. That's a tremendous statement of faithfulness on your part, and we are very, very grateful. That $1.2 million has been given by roughly 30% of those who typically contribute to Green Tree Community Church. Annually, about 350 families or individuals give to Green Tree. So far 108 individuals have given to this campaign. That means that well over 200 individuals who typically give to Green Tree have not contributed to the capital campaign. Now that's a good news, bad news situation. The good news is that means there are plenty of people who, who do believe in the mission of Green Tree and who care about the mission of Green Tree have not yet given and so may yet do so. The bad news is that that's suggested that either due to pro- procrastination or indecision or a failure to communicate well from us in terms of what the need is that people have not given. So what we're asking is, for those who have not yet made a decision about this campaign, to prayerfully consider what you may be able to give. To talk to your family, consider what God is calling you to do, and respond. Because I cannot imagine the the amount of disappointment and frustration we will all feel if on November 26th the money is not in hand and we have to call the real estate people and the bank and say we can't close the deal. I think that will be a very, very sad day in the history of this church. The disappointment, the frustration will be extraordinarily high. So please, if you have questions about this campaign, about the need, about the vision, talk to an elder, talk to a staff member. But please don't sit quietly and wonder. Because again, the deadline looms and we can't walk away from it. Now, no one likes to talk about money. It makes everybody uncomfortable. We all get a little defensive. We all know the abuses that churches have committed about money. I get that. I know that. But we can't dodge this truth. God calls us to give sacrificially to his work, not because he needs the money, but because our giving is an expression of our faithfulness, our understanding of who he is, of our priorities, and of our heart. If we understand that money really isn't ours in the first place, it's really on loan from God. And if we realize the enormity of what he has done, if we realize the power of the cross and the depth of the grace that has been extended us, then it seems to me that our response ought to be to say to God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And we ought to serve in joyful obedience. Now, some people in this church can give a lot of money, and that's terrific. And some people are saying, well, I, don't, I, don't, I can't really give very much. I don't have much money. Well, you know, God does not care about the size of the check. This is not an exercise in raising money. This is an exercise in the heart. Do we trust God? Do we believe in God? God cares far more about the spirit of our heart than does about the size of a check. And so we're asking people to contribute, partly because, yes, we need the money. I'm not going to lie to you about that, but also because it really is a chance for us to, to to wrestle with God about an issue that's really important. To say, God, what are you saying to me about the way I deal with money? And what are you saying to me about this particular situation? Now, some people may have already made a decision not to give. Okay, that's fine. And some people might say, I haven't made a decision yet, but I'm not sure what to do. Well, Tom might not like me saying this. He really might. I, I didn't say, I was gonna tell him I was gonna say this. But I really hope that if, that if you have doubts about this and don't think it's a good idea, that you don't give. I hope you don't. I hope that every single person who contributes to this campaign does so with excitement does so with a sense of appreciation to God for what he's done. I really hope that the words of 2 Corinthians 9, 7 motivate what we do. Let everyone give as his heart tells him, for God loves the man who gives cheerfully. I hope that's the spirit in which we give, that we serve in joyful obedience. And again, if you feel like, I I don't know about this. I don't think it's a good idea. Okay, fine. We want people who believe in the, in the vision of this to give to it. So please, again, prayerfully consider what you might do, and please let us know quickly. When I was a kid, I couldn't wait for Christmas. I could not wait for Christmas. You know what that was like when you spend the night before Christmas? You couldn't go to sleep. You'd lie there in bed and wait for Santa's reindeer to clomp around the roof. But then you reach a point where it's not like that anymore. And as an adult, I really don't care about getting Christmas presents very much. I mean, it's nice, and I appreciate them, but I don't, really, you know, I, I don't really need much, and it's nice and thoughtful that people in my family give me gifts. But at the end of the day, okay. What I do like, though, is giving gifts. I really like giving gifts to my wife, especially. Now, i got to confess, when I talk about giving gifts, that's, that's really a misnomer. I don't give gifts. My wife buys all the gifts. I buy a gift for my wife, Okay, I I can't. I don't want to lie. My my wife will be in second service, and she'll look at me like, yeah, big boy, shut up. So (laughs) but I really do like giving presents to my wife. And the reason I like giving presents to my wife is it's really simple. I love her. I love my wife. She has been a tremendous blessing in my life. She has given me more than I can even imagine, and I can't wait. When When I give her a gift that I'm really excited about, it's an expression of love. And gratitude and commitment to our relationship its a way of saying thank you for all that she means to me. And I think that that's analogous to our situation with God. If I'm grateful to my wife for the way in which she's blessed my life, I certainly ought to be grateful to God who's blessed me a hundredfold, a thousandfold, beyond what my wife, in ways my wife can never bless me. When I think about how God has worked faithfully through human history, from the beginning of time through Adam and Noah and Abraham and Moses and David and obviously jesus and peter and paul and mary and on and on and on he has been working toward this day in history from the beginning of time and we're the recipients of that blessing and so it seems to me that when we give gifts back to god whether those gifts are time or energy or talents or money it's simply a way of saying thank you thank you for your commitment to me for what you've done for me a gift ought to be an expression of love so we have an an opportunity express our gratitude right now in the form of this capital campaign but at the end of the day again this is not about a building it's about extending the hand of God into this world through ministry this is about saying to God we don't know where this journey is going to end but we want to go on it with you we're excited to see what you're going to do when we leave this when we leave this building we're not going to leave behind the golden age of green tree there is no golden age of green tree a church is always called to move forward to obey to love to have faith we can never stand still, never sit still, never say, well, okay, been there, done that, we're ready to sin in our hands. No. Churches always need to move forward. Individual believers always need to move forward. I have always been moved by the words that Paul writes in Philippians 3, 12-14 when he talks about his own spiritual walk. Now, the words that are on the screen address, again, his spiritual journey, but I think they speak about the journey of a church by extension as well. This is what he said. Yet, my brothers, I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually, nor do I consider myself already perfect. But I keep going on, grasping ever more firmly that purpose for which Christ grasped me. My brothers, I do not consider myself to have fully grasped it even now, but I do concentrate on this. I leave the past behind, and with hands outstretched to whatever lies ahead, I go straight for the goal. My reward, the honor of being called by God in Christ. My reward, the honor of being called by Christ. It is an honor to be called by Christ. It's not something we can take for granted, and we're never going to arrive. There has never been or never will be a golden age of green tree. It's always a struggle because we're imperfect men and women who only fitfully and partly understand what we should do, and even when we understand it, we don't do it all that well. But we strive. We move on. We reach for the goal. We keep going ahead despite our failure. And right now, the challenge that God has put in front of us is to address this issue of our future in the form of a new building we've just started this journey there's going to be moments of great need great faithfulness great provision by god as we see how we can be faithful to us in the next several years of this journey and one of the things that is going to amaze us most is how in the heck did god enable us to raise almost two million dollars just a few short weeks through the generosity of the people of this church god blesses the, our pitiful baby steps forward because he cares far more deeply about ministry and about people's lives than we do. And we get to go along for the ride. So I think it's time, I think it's time for us to embrace the risks, the expenditure, the emotional roller coaster we're about to embark on. The work of the kingdom of God is the one thing in our entire lives that is eternal. Most of what we do comes and goes. But this matters. The work of the kingdom of God matters. And while it may sound presumptuous for me to say it, I'm going to say it again. We really do believe that we can serve God in joyful obedience, and that we must. The next few weeks are going to be filled with stories of God's provision to this church. The next few months will be filled with stories of God's provision to this church. The next few years will be filled with stories of God's provision for this church. And someday, 40 years from now, people will be sitting in a building, hopefully at South Kirkwood Road. And they're going to be the beneficiaries of sacrifices people in this room today have made, a vision that people in this room have of God's mercy to us. It's going to be a heck of a ride, and I can't wait to see how it's going to turn out. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be moments of stress. There's going to be moments of partial understanding. But we need to commit to God. We need to commit to his vision, and we need to commit to taking this journey together through the ups and downs of it, through the struggles and strains of it. I hope we can do that, and I hope we can do it in joyful obedience. Let me close in prayer. Father, we are grateful for the mercy you extend to us. Your grace is an awesome statement of your love for us, a love that we do not deserve, and yet you have given us that love, and we are thankful for it. And I simply pray, Lord, that you would move this church forward We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the the rocky road that may be ahead of us, but we simply pray, Lord, that we would have the faith to continue, that we would have the faith to work together. We would not pull apart. We would not be divided by contention or factions, but rather would simply communicate well and love well and serve well in joyful obedience. In Christ's holy name, amen.